Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Jordan and Lexi here, and I'm so happy to say that. (laughs) Hi. Hey. So, how's it going? It is it's going. We've got a house full of sick babies, but we are making do. <laughs> yeah. How was your pizza date? Good. It was so fun. We had a really good oh. night. Do you guys have mod pizza where you are? Okay. We haven't been there, but we've been to a local chain that is supposedly the same thing and okay. we love it. So. Okay. Yeah. It's so fun. Cause Jared and I, we like do not have the same tastes on pretty much anything like movies, TV shows, food, dessert, nothing like <laughs> We always compromise on our second choice. So mod mod pizza is perfect for us because you get to pick your own pizzas. So yes, he, he always wants sausage and green olive. I'm like barbecue chicken, or <laughs> like something random like that. And he's like, no, something plain like sausage and green olive. So yeah, so we get to do our own thing. It's like Subway but pizza. So it's have fun. you ever made him empanadas? I have made empanadas before. Yeah, but it was like a curry situation. Empanadas. Oh. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like the traditional beef and green olives. I wonder if you'd no. like it. I'm oh, sure he would because he loves anything green olives. Everyone in my family will just like eat a handful of green olives as a snack. Oh, weird. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan. Yeah, they all love them. Probably because their daddy loves them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, okay, so shall we do a icebreaker? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I haven't really thought of one that like, uh, should it be how many nude pictures did your husband get today? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So that's basically what we're talking about. In case you have been living under a rock and haven't seen Brian blew up the internet last week. So Lexi <laughs> decided to come on and tell us what happened. And then we're going to talk about modesty a little bit. Did I tell you about the Valentines that all the feminists are like circulating? Did I tell you about them? Yeah. So they have Brian's face on them or something? Yeah. And it's like a little Valentine that says to so-and-so from so-and-so. And the whole thing is a riff that's too naughty for me to even say on air, but it is disgusting and they will not let any of it go. And they are very classy people. Yeah. <laughs> Super classy. <laughs> uh, so my favorite, well, maybe you should tell what happened and then I'll say my favorite part of what Brian okay. has said in response. Well, he, he just posted something really simple. I don't even remember what it was, but it like for word for word, I don't remember, but it was essentially saying like Christian women, it was two Christians, Mm -hmm. Christian women. There's no appropriate time that you ever need to show pictures of yourself in your bra, not for a weight loss journey or because of a birth of a child. It's just not appropriate ever love your brothers. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what happened, but I don't know, like millions of people saw it. Hundreds of thousands of people sent him <laughs> disgusting photos of themselves because I guess they're called blue check marks on Twitter. And everyone thinks I'm a grifter, which is hilarious because I really don't know how to use technology very much. But well, I don't know what that means. What's a grifter? That means you are like trying to promote yourself. My understanding is you're trying to promote yourself in order to like get money. <laughs> <laughs> You think that okay. you are doing this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. Considering. Okay. So, um, but these blue check mark people that are like 
it's basically like celebrities and that Twitter verifies it's them so that some random person can't go make a celebrity account. And okay. You know, so yeah. all of the blue checkmark accounts started basically writing dear Brian responses to him and they were all very rude and crude and, um, uneducated responses, if you will, mm -hmm. nobody willing to engage in arguments. And it just kept like getting worse and worse, worse and worse. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but it just, yeah. it got bigger, bigger and bigger. bigger. Mm -hmm. And then before you know it, <laughs> it was really cool because then like the blaze was Brian basically responded to all these women that started sending him nude photos as a result. Okay. So, yeah. and, and it was so good because he was saying like, you guys are part of the me too movement. If I was about to do this to you, you know, I, you guys would have my butt in trouble ASAP. Yeah. You this guys part was my favorite part. to your own standards. Yeah. And that's why we need the gospel because we, we yeah. can't, we can't keep any standard. Only Christ can yeah. fulfill our righteousness for us. And you guys need to believe in the gospel and repent. Mm -hmm. Well, just the crazy part of it is that so many, um, news outlets chose of all of the tweets chose that one which was so cool and so providential like, like why yes. would they choose that you know I know why why would they choose that mm -hmm. so and then I think the worst part of it though was just all of the Christians that were absolutely like this is so you're just toxic mm -hmm. like you know we have I don't even know what their defense is and that's the hard part is when you try to talk to them about it they don't really have a defense mm -hmm. Um, Beth Moore said some things that enough people got on her about that. She ended up deleting her tweet. I saw that she deleted it. Well. Yes. And then she had to come out the next day with like a public statement because so many people were then sending her videos of herself teaching on modesty. Mm -hmm. And she had to come out with a statement the next day where she essentially said, everyone thinks I've changed my thoughts, but I haven't, I still stand in the gospel. I just don't like, like Brian. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't like Brian. That Brian guy. Yeah. <clears throat> so it has just been kind of interesting. I mean, he's been on, <laughs> did I, I don't think I told you this. There's a Brian Sauvé in Canada who is a politician and okay. <laughs> poor, <laughs> poor that guy. He was getting so much hate mail that he had to put out a public statement. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yes, it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the record, I'm not that other guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. I mean, it's definitely revealed like this is something Brian and I have been talking about. Like this is this is a topic worth like it's a hill worth dying on for lots of reasons mm -hmm. because obviously they don't want to be told what to do, especially well, especially from like Christian men, Christian brothers, or just God's word, more importantly, you know? And like, why, what, what is the big, why can we not just say, yeah, of course the Bible talks about modesty. Like what, what is it in Christians that is our need for like, well, this wasn't nuanced how I would have yeah. nuanced it. Like, why is that so yeah. important? Like, you know what I'm saying? That that was yeah. what was so frustrating to me is like, why do we have this need to say, well, that's not exactly how I would have said it. Like the point remains that Christian women should be modest. Like, I don't really care if he said it a different way than how you would have said it. Yeah. Was the principle was, there. Yeah. The principle remains. And I think that that was what Doug Wilson was hinting at a little bit with like, we can't talk in generalities anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw his post 
Oh, no, I didn't see that. Account. Okay. Um, oh. But like everybody has an issue with just speaking in generalities. We want to, we want to find the loophole for some reason. It's like in our nature oh, to want to yeah. find a loophole out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, instead of being like, okay, this is the overarching truth of it is that women have forsaken modesty. Christian women yeah. have forsaken modesty and we have chosen to go with a way of popular opinion on what women are allowed to look like and what gives women value rather than what mm-hmm. God's word says. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that, that was annoying to me. That was my, yeah, we're going to start to see it here soon. Cause you know, swimsuit season is coming up and older moms are going to start taking pictures of themselves half naked in front of a mirror for the sen- the sake of being authentic, you know, yeah. and trying to like make peace with their body. And it's like, you don't need to make peace with your body. Yeah. Chris made peace with death so that you don't have to worry about your stretch marks and you don't have yeah. to worry about the it's fact that you can't be. Yeah, exactly. It, it should be a totally moot yeah. thing. Yeah. So uh, Jared ordered the public undressing of America book and I'm okay. very excited to read that when it comes in. But um, I think it explains in there a little bit um, a similar viewpoint on modesty than as what you guys have with the uh the scripture in the old Testament. I don't even know where it is with the, um, the priests and giving instruction for them to, uh, not uncover their nakedness and the specific body parts that that refers to. Is that correct? Yeah. So everyone, a lot of Christians will be like, well, the whole modesty passage really just Objective. has to do with being, you know, uh, spending a lot of money on your clothing and wanting to like show off how much money you have so that that's not really, you can't say it's immodest to like take a picture of yourself in your bikini. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that people don't realize those verses talk about what nakedness is yeah. and that as, as sons and daughters of the Lord, Christ has given us a covering in himself. So it's not necessarily using the word be modest, but it's showing what scriptural standard for nakedness actually was in that day. Mm-hmm. So one of them is in Isaiah and the other one is in, I think it's Matthew where, um, one of the disciples is basically working on the boat with the guys and he has less clothing on because he is working with men, just like men working together might take their shirt off in order to like dig a hole or something. But when they're going to land, it essentially says he covers up his nakedness and puts his outer garment back on. Um, so yeah, those are the two sections that for us, it's just, it's just clear to us that that's nakedness. If you are uncovering, you know, your thigh, I think is specifically what it's talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think so. it's helpful to know that, uh, in context, because I think a lot of people were like, well, why does Brian have a right to say what modesty is or isn't? Correct. Um, and if you believe that script, that scripture actually teaches what nakedness, quote unquote, nakedness is and isn't, then there is a clear standard for that. So, um, I think that's helpful in the conversation too, just to know where you guys land on that. And I'm very excited to read the book because then I may also agree with you. But, um, my friend Margot said that that book was really eye opening for her too. So I am excited. Oh, did she read it? Yes, she did. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So, uh, cause I have always been like, well, modesty is kind of subjective, like, you know, like (laughs) kind of like art, like, what is it? What is modesty? Where, where's the lines for modesty? And honestly, it would be helpful if scripture did have those clear verses on it. So maybe it does. I'm excited to read that. Well, and you know, what's interesting. I talked about this the other day when Brian and I were recording a video together, I was reading in, I think it's at home. They were talking about the Victorian era of dress made it so that it was immodest 
to show your ankles. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking like, take that argument, what you're saying, that it is subjective according to culture. What happens to a Christian that we're Mm -hmm. living in a Victorian era Mm -hmm. where it's going too far and it's Mm -hmm. telling us it's a modest, that is a, that is a, a, we can clearly see that that is slavery where Christ has given more liberty, but, but we don't want to apply it today in today's culture where right. the, the scripture should still be the standard mm-hmm. because we don't actually believe there is liberty in a covering. We mm-hmm. believe there is only liberty in doing whatever the heck you want, wherever the heck you want. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, which, uh, so I told you, I've been reading the, uh, 12 extraordinary women women by John mm-hmm. yeah. and I've kind of already told you about this, but I thought it might be fun to talk about. So, he in here in the introduction is just fantastic the way he lays out. Um, he says, pagan religion tends to fuel and encourage the devaluation of women even more. Of course, Greek and Roman mythology had its goddesses like Diana and Aphrodite. But don't imagine for a moment that goddess worship in any way raised the status of women in society. The opposite is true. Most temples devoted to goddesses were served by sacred prostitutes, priestesses who sold themselves for money, supposing that they were performing a religious sacrament. Um See, both the mythology and the practice of pagan religion has usually been overly, overly demeaning to women. And um, I think that's just so ties in with a feminist thing with immodesty. Yeah. Like you would think that these temple prostitutes, um, you know, worshipped as goddesses of the temple, giving their body, having sexual freedom, fill yeah. in the blank, empowered in society. <laughs> like, does that not sound like modern day feminism? And yet they were treated terribly and devalued. And then okay, so he goes on to say Christianity born in a world where Roman and Hebrew cultures intersected, elevated the status of women to an unprecedented height. So when Jesus comes on the scene, his disciples included several women, um, a practice almost unheard of among the rabbis of the day. So Jesus changed the way we look at women. And then he says, naturally, as Christianity began to influence Western society, the status of women was dramatically improved. Uh, One of the early church fathers, Tertullian, wrote a work entitled On the Apparel of Women sometime near the end of the second century. He said pagan women who wore elaborate hair ornaments, immodest clothing and body decorations had actually been forced by society and fashion to abandon the superior splendor of their true femininity. He noted by way of contrast that as the church had grown and the gospel had borne fruit, one of the visible results was the rise of a trend toward modesty in women's dress and a corresponding elevation of the status of women in society. And it's just so cool to think about like the way that God has created femininity to work, that whenever we glory in our inner beauty in our gentle and quiet spirit, like those are the things that actually elevate women in a society and cause men to value them and protect them. And when women are submitting to their husbands, like there's this beautiful thing that happens where women are actually elevated and thought more of and more highly valued and protected. And it's just, it's amazing because feminine was feminism feminists, sorry, want to lie to you and be like, no, actually the way that men really want to like the way that men will really take care of you and the way that you'll be a goddess in society is if you show off your body and that's the way that you're valuable, but it's like completely the opposite is the way God teaches us to do it and the way that it actually works out. So just, well, and I think they know that they, they get, they're right on when they understand that sex is power. 
it's, it is for the Christian wife and it is for the feminist, Mm -hmm. but the, like the problem for them is that they want the patriarchy completely smashed. Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're using it in a negative sense where women are using it to honor their marriage and their husband and the Mm -hmm. Lord. And they're, they're using it. Yeah. Like it was so providential that, that I got their angry creed in the mail the day that this happened. It's an expose of feminism, but it was their actual creed that they would chant in Greenwich Village in the late 60s, where they said that they were going to use promiscuity, homosexuality, and eroticism to take down the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm reading this and then I'm seeing it. I'm literally mm-hmm. like seeing yeah. it. And they're all saying like toxic masculinity. You don't actually honor women's bodies or babies or mm-hmm. birth, which is just mm-hmm. hysterical if you know <laughs> us at all. Um, but they they're yeah they're just using it because they they want they understand that sex is a tool they're just using it for wicked ends yeah yeah exactly so one of the days that we talked about all this um you were saying that someone had said that brian is actually divorced that he doesn't even have a wife that was one of the (laughs) lies going on about dear brian he's just divorced obviously he hates women there's other people that have said that that it he has paid an actress for 13 years. Oh, <laughs> hope you're getting paid really well to have all those babies. For them. <laughs> oh, yeah. But anyways, after we had talked about it, um, I wrote this little thing that I'm probably going to post on Instagram eventually, but I'll read it. Feminists are liars. Satan is a liar. And it has been his long game to whisper into women's ears. God's instructions are oppressive. Leave the home. Sexual sin is empowerment and true freedom is found outside of biblical marriage. His attempts are to destroy the Christian household. Why? Because it's Christ's means of changing the world. He goes, so goes the home. So goes the church. So goes the world. If he can break down godly men and women, if he can get them to believe that their God-given roles are oppressive, if he can get Eve to desire to be like God instead of be submitted to him and her husband, he holds the remote woman woman who is married to a godly man, daughter of Sarah, who fears nothing that is frightening, who is a smiling example of submission, Christian woman who is happy to follow God's command because you trust that he knows best, beautiful women of God. They do not want you to exist. Feminists do not want you to exist. You break down the narrative and crumble the lies, but you exist. Happy wife in the home. Love God's word and keep standing up for the truth. Keep smiling. Keep building the household. God is changing the world. Hold the line. Women do not rule the world. The future is not female. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And the future belongs to the chief patriarch, King Jesus. Um, But anyways, I was just thinking that day about like, whenever there are beautiful examples of modesty and Christ likeness in Christian women, then this totally breaks down the narrative of feminists when they want to say that um, only fulfillment is found out there. Only true beauty and value is found outside the home and outside of the oppression of being submitted to a man. Like whenever godly women like that exist, that are completely contrary to everything that they're screaming about, it breaks down the narrative. So it's like women, Christian women keep holding the line, keep holding true to what God says for us to do. And God, the truth will prevail. Like Christ reigns. Yeah. And it was also just encouraging to think about like the feminists failed to factor in the Holy spirit to their plan. Yes. <laughs> because spirit filled patriarchs will not give in to temptation. Exactly. And I think that 
like, and I talked to you multiple days last week at the beginning of the week, I was like, okay, whatever, this is fine. And then it was just like, I woke up one day and my face was all over MSN. And then my husband was getting even more pornography sent to him. And I was like, this is weird. I don't know what to do. (laughs) And it, and it was that day that I really just feel like the Lord said, Lexi, they didn't factor the Holy spirit into this. Mm -hmm. Your husband is a spirit filled man who can actually walk in the spirit Mm -hmm. and not give into the temptations of the wicked, Mm -hmm. vile woman of Proverbs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is why that, that is why the Lord will succeed and Feminists are and will be a dying, a dying and an extinct breed of people because the Holy Spirit is what is building all of this, not man. The Holy Spirit is doing this. Yeah, exactly. So how do we respond when the nations rage, Lexi? How do we <laughs> respond when our husbands say true things on the internet and the nations rage? What do we do? I won't lie. In the past, I would have been a lot snarkier about this, but I, I really learned my lesson last week in the sense that I've talked about this before. Brian and I are very clear with one another on why my social media exists. It's to be a compliment to him, but I, I really felt like last week in order for me to maintain my duties at home and to let my husband do his thing, I needed to fade into the background so that he could do his thing. Mm -hmm. And I needed to be prepared at home Mm -hmm. for him to come home after talking to people all day, Mm -hmm. after like engaging with this just wickedness, disgust out in the world. Yeah. I really realized there is, there's only so far that I can go with snarkiness and then I have to be willing to be quiet and lead a productive, peaceful life at home with my hands and let that be it. And I was listening to a a Gash Museyeth by Doug Wilson this week. And this was so convicting to me because I, the feminist in me wants to appear smart and intelligent Mm -hmm. and capable. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew last week that it was not my place to be engaging in that specifically because I didn't, I didn't want to give them any reason. And I did not want any more dirt being thrown around about our family. Yeah. But he said in Gash it, he said that scripture is very clear that a woman's witness is going to be beautiful and adorning when she is quietly pursuing good works. It has nothing to do. He even went so far as to say that yeah, if you're, if you're engaging with a pagan and you are like tempted to want to show how intellectual and smart you are as a woman, make it your goal to basically not let them know how smart you are until they are saved hmm. because, because the Lord, for whatever reason, I don't know, but he has decided that I keep my mouth shut, that right. men speak up and that I lead a quiet life at home, working with my hands. And that is how I adorn the gospel. Yep. So that's, that's my I guess that's my encouragement is just as women, we don't have to be smart Alex at the feminist. That is their jam. That is not our jam. Ours is being quiet and respectful and working hard. Yeah. Creating a beautiful haven of a home for our warrior men to come home to. And that's not saying, I mean, you guys know, you guys know, I love, I love all things, education and learning Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff, Mm -hmm. but that is just not God's chosen way that I show the gospel on a regular basis. Yeah. And like that takes laying down identity and that takes humility, but it also like gives so much peace. Like, oh man, God, thank you. (laughs) 
like you've created a way for us to be busy with what we, what you've created for us to do. You, again, his commands are not burdensome. Mm -hmm. They're they're good for us. Yeah. 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 It's been refining for sure. It's been good. Lots of ways. So I liked some too. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? <laughs> the king of the earth sets him set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Let saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. And the Lord holds them in derision. So we can laugh. Yeah, that's, laugh. that's such a good one. That's what last week when I was like, Brian, why? I don't understand. Why do they have to be this way? He was like, Lexi, this is what Psalm 2 is literally all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So anything else you want to say about it? Um, I don't, I don't really think so. Okay. I don't want to keep you too yeah. long because I know you got sick babies. Yeah. I need to go give them a bath. She's happy right now, but. Well, thanks yeah. for making time to come on and talk to yeah. us. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was talking to girls at our church and they were like, we need to create a thanks, Brian, hashtag, thank <laughs> you, Brian, hashtag, instead of dear Brian, thank you, Brian. Um, yeah. and honestly, that's how Christian women should feel. Like we should not be snarky about modesty. We should say thank you for a man that's willing to stand up and protect women and like oh, encourage women towards godliness. It's so, it's so true. Yep. So anyways, tell Brian, we said, thanks and uh, yeah. <laughs> i'll let him know <laughs> okay and thanks for coming on yep okay, okay see i want to bye